Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Hello, Tom. It's a big weekend in Fayetteville. We are at Oakland. It's a big weekend here. Got the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame banquet tonight. A really, really good weekend for fans of sports around the natural state. Oh, man. You know what? There's no question about that. Just a quick side note here. Uh, I'm outside. You can probably hear the birds. And uh, shout out to Jimmy Walker, one of the inductees. When I talked to him the other day, I could hear the birds in the background, and I thought, that's beautiful. I'm glad I'm interviewing you in this setting. And so I thought I would extend the same thing to you guys. Christian, this is a good time, I think, to pop our question of the day, which we have not announced just yet, and it deals with something going on in Fayetteville this weekend. What do you have for us? Are you excited by Arkansas spring games anymore? Yes or no? I have to say that I'm not necessarily excited, although there are a lot of, especially receivers, that I want to see in action. I, I miss the old format when it was more of an actual competition versus like a staged uh, pseudo practice, I guess, of sorts. But they're going to run some offense, defense, but it's not like a true competition like in the old days. It's not like I'm, I would go out there and wear red and root for the red team. You wear white, you root for the white team. But I don't know. It just seems like it's lost a little bit of its luster because of that, maybe. I don't know. Tom, what do you think? Well, I, I think people like to see the scores go up on the game and uh, there to be a competition aspect to it. But uh, make no mistake, there's competition going on for playing time and all that. And depending on your definition of excited, I am definitely highly anticipating what we're going to see. I mean, when you come away from them, you're like, okay, you know, uh, what what did we really see? Well, I think we're going to see some big play. I think, the, I think the receivers, I think the fans are going to see a few guys that we've been seeing in these open practices, and Andrew Armstrong, number two, mark all these numbers down, number two, Andrew Armstrong, number four, Isaac Tesla, and uh, the new tight end, Luke Has, who had a huge day yesterday. He wears number nine. They're going to throw him the ball. Um, my, my big hope is injuries. I just hope they don't lose any key dude uh, the way they lost Dorian Carter last year in the spring. But I'm, I'm actually writing about this right now. Sam Pittman, I think in his mind, decided or, or discovered that they just didn't – we weren't physical enough last spring, and maybe that translated over into the season. And so they've been more physical. They thankfully avoided major injuries so far, and I hope the same thing holds for tomorrow. But he just felt like the only way we're going to find out if this third team or, or this second team or can really help us is to go out there and do real football, you know, live blocking, tackling, and that kind of thing. So they've amped it up some this spring. I will say I am very excited to see the young receivers. Satania get some significant snaps and some of the other young guys. You know, I was reading, I guess, maybe it was your, your article today, Tom, that that's one thing we're going to see under Dan Enos is maybe the tight end a little more involved. You just alluded to it. Is that something you're anticipating in not only spring but in the coming fall season? No, absolutely. I mean, and let's not forget, I mean, I think Nathan Bax is thought of, he's a veteran, more of a blocking guy. But Ty Washington, his first catch as a Razorback was a touchdown, a beautifully schemed play in the Liberty Bowl. Um, Has is going to be a huge part of what they do. Uh, they got to go, you know, they got to develop more guys and maybe get one out of the portal. And, of course, Jamar East is coming in. So the position will be more magnified. But uh, we've been seeing all kinds of things, you know, tunnel screens, receiver, you know, end arounds, and Satania. Um, I didn't mention him, number 16. I just think he's ready to blossom. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of maybe concern that, you know, you lose Hazelwood, you, you lose Landers, you lose Warren Thompson, you lose Keetron Jackson. I mean, four really key wideouts. 
But I'm starting to have a growing confidence that the ones that they have, and, you know, Ty Broden getting better, um, that, you know, Bryce Stevens and Satania in the slot, that they're actually going to be a, a solid wide receiving core, when, you know, when you include the tight ends in it. I want to know about Jacoby Criswell. That's exactly where I was going next. You know, uh, KJ's been out, missed games the last two seasons, so chances are Criswell's going to have to play at some point this year. How how much of an improvement is he as the backup quarterback over past backups they've had? And, and do you think he's ready to step in next year as the starting quarterback? Going to give you all a little inside baseball. Yes, I'm going to give you all a little inside baseball here, a little inside football. Sam Pittman came over to where the reporters were yesterday. And, you know, apropos of nothing else, I think Chris Well might have been taking a snap right then. And he goes, I really like Chris Well. And he goes, and basically saying, we're in better position than to just forfeit a game, give away a game if KJ's not healthy. They've got to, you know, like that's basically saying, we're going in this Mississippi State game on the road. KJ's not going to play. We're in big trouble. Um, same with the LSU game. Uh, they don't want to be in that same position. And so I think Chris Well immediately affords you that opportunity. And, and not to take away, you know, Kate Fortin, you know, he, he's a solid quarterback too. But I think Chris Well is a legit, you know, guy who when K.J.'s gone or if K.J. gets dinged up this year, they have a chance to be a very productive offense. And you saw in the LSU game uh, the way LSU came after Malik Hornsby, it, that's, that was not the case. Tom Murphy joining us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Yep. I wanted to talk a little baseball with Tom real quick. I like baseball. Uh, Tennessee comes to town, and they've uh, lost their last two series. <laughs> but, you know, they were playing at number one LSU, and then they had number three Florida. Now they get number five or six Arkansas. You talk about the SEC, how it'll just eat uh, eat a team up, gobble you up, spit you out. That's a heck of a three-week three stretch there for Tennessee. But is this the same? This isn't the same Tennessee team that we've seen the last year, right? Well, no. I mean, the pitching staff is largely intact. By the way, they have a fantastic ERA. I think it's two point eight nine or nine eight, and it leads leads the SEC and it's top, number three, I believe, in the country. So the the, the pitching staff, Beam and Dollander, in that group um, is legit, and they have depth in the pitching staff. Uh, a lot of their hitters are. There's been some changeover, and they're still a fairly productive team. Arkansas is outscoring them, uh, but uh, Tennessee's got a higher batting average. Um, you could tell. I went back and listened to Tony Vitello's Tuesday night post game from beating Eastern Kentucky, and you can tell he's he's worried about like uh, outside um, distractions, and, and he he specifically mentioned. We need our players to be worried about just playing baseball, not who they talk to on the night before game. And so you look at who they listed as their starting pitchers for this. The For Friday is um, a guy who's 0-1 with a really sweet ERA, but it's not Dollander. So, in other words, he's, he's basically sending a message to his pitching staff, this is what we're going to have to do. We have to change things up. And so you're seeing – and. And, you know, Arkansas only listed its starter, Hunter Holland, but that's because of injuries and, you know, usage of Hagen Smith and that kind of stuff. In this case, it's some kind of a message to his normal starters that, you know, we're going to do what we have to do to be a solid baseball team and win games. And it's, it's a pretty dr- dramatic move, in my opinion. 
And by the way, Tennessee gets Vanderbilt next weekend. <laughs> so that's, that's a heck of a four-week uh, month right there. Uh, you go LSU, Florida, Arkansas, Vanderbilt. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, what do you think about uh, Jared Wagner? Uh, we, we think he's a tough guy. Coach says 50-50, hairline fracture. We think he plays. What do you think? Well, I think he wants to play. And here's the thing. Do you risk any, you know, further? Do you risk it, like, being a problem all the rest of the season? Because this, this is your top hitter. I mean, your best power hitter, your two-hole guy. Um, how much – what's the risk versus the reward? I know you want him in the lineup this weekend. Can it get better with a, a week more's rest, or is it just going to be the same throughout the rest of the season? And those are the questions. Guarantee you he wants to play, and you know Van Horn and his staff want him to play. My, my thought is he probably will. Um, I just hope that, you know, he, it doesn't become a mental thing for him. And by the way, I, I'm sure you guys are plugged into this yesterday, but Dave Van Horn went on Sirius XM Radio and talked about the Tony thing. And he's like, uh, he did his thing, I did my thing, and then, you know, we went out and had a glass of red wine. I love it. I think it's great for baseball that there's this mm-hmm. mini drama inside a series between two really great teams who were the dominant powerhouse teams of 21 and 22, very similar seasons, 50-win seasons, dominated the SEC, won the SEC tournament, took the number one seed into the NCAA tournament but did not get out of their home super regionals. There's the parallel, I mean, it's the, it's the protege and the mentor and all, and you got DVH and Tony saying they hugged it up and had their glass of red wine. I love it. I couldn't agree more. We played the clip earlier, Tom, and it is a great thing. And the good news for me is that most of the fans are not going to hear about that, and they're not going to care about that. <laughs> they're going to get all over Tennessee this weekend. The atmosphere is still going to be electric. You know that's going to be the case. Even if they did read it, they don't care, man. It's no. the whole who's your daddy deal from two years ago. The, yep. the thing, and, and they're going to get on Tony. And you know what? Tony's going to be okay with it. He's going to roll with it. I mean, a guy who lets his players do the things, you know, the celebration things they were doing last year, it's, it's, it's almost like showman baseball, but also solid baseball. Uh, Tony V is good for the game. Tom, you're burying the lead here. How are two baseball coaches drinking red wine? What happened to Budweiser <laughs> for crying out loud? <laughs> baseball coaches drink I- beer. They don't drink red wine. Man, uh, maybe that's maybe that's Dave Van Horn's new new age uh, a tribute to you know whatever. But I I thought it was wonderful. I think Dave Van Horn is going to go down as one of the best, like to get along with to talk to coaches in any sport in all of college athletics for wow. the past thirty years. Must be the red wine. Who knew? Well, I I, I get where you're coming from, but. Uh, you know, Dave's a pretty refined guy. I mean, he can he can uh, get after people, and he may even spit a little bit. And I know he cusses because he gets pretty wound up occasionally. But um, yeah, he seems uh, he seems a little more refined, pig skin. I mean, you know, it's the way it goes sometimes. But yes, it is not uh, not going to be confused with Sparky Anderson. I don't think anytime no. soon. Sparky ate a bologna sandwich after every game. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> There's a man who without who does not put on airs. I like that. Um, how about basketball, Tom? Obviously, a lot of activity. Uh, for Eric Musselman, I think he's been called the importer by multiple sources, and he's brought in a few new folks, and that means uh, four new folks, and that means that, uh, well, I guess we're, are we over the limit? Is that what we decided now, or are we right at it? one over the limit now. 
So somebody's uh, somebody's about to get some bad news, Tom, or maybe they're going to give him some bad news. That, or Devo. Is. Yeah, that's true, if he stays in. Um, you hearing anything on – the other one is, is Mitchell. The, the Mitchell's um, splitting up, it looks like, and maybe Mackay stays, and obviously Mikel is moving on. But what, uh, what are you hearing? What's the latest on that? Well, honestly, there's so much other stuff going on. That, that, that portal stuff, I mean, Davenport does a great job of covering that. Um, I, I read the names. I see the guys who are coming in. And yeah, it seems like uh, Eric Musselman is a fine importer. And we just know that when they plug the roster together, hopefully hopefully there's three-point shooters on it. But um, there's they're such a player in the transfer game that it's just kind of fun to see. And when you know a kid goes in the portal, it's like, oh, here comes Arkansas, and and that's the case. Every time you see people tweet out, here are the people that this guy, you know, who's in the portal has heard from, Arkansas is in there. They touch base with everybody, and they did. Davenport, uh, the the Davenport they got yesterday out of the the, the uh, portal, not Richard. He's another shooter. <laughs> He's made over 153s combined the last two seasons. Arkansas was. Uh, out of 352 teams, they were 342 last year. It's not very good, I don't In three points sh- made. And uh, the last two guys out of the portal are both three-point shooters. So they've addressed that need. There's no doubt that Coach Musselman uh, saw a, a deficiency with last year's team and is trying to fix it this year. Yeah, yeah, very, very evident. Here's our issues. We're going to go at it. You know, they wanted to be taller, physical, a better rebounding team, and a better shot-blocking team, and they did that last year. And now they're going to try to combine that. And uh, it's a constant thing, man, trying to improve who you are, what your team identity is. And uh, obviously they have to be a team that can beat you with a three-pointer as well. No doubt. Tom, I appreciate you. I hope I bump into you this weekend at uh, one of the venues. We'll be at the spring game, be at the baseball, be at the softball, and hopefully I'll bump into you at some point along the way. But I appreciate the time today. Have a great weekend. Same to you. I hope, hope to see you then. See you.